right now on Jewish Voice with Jonathan Bernis. The promise of redemption that the day will come when the serpent who has brought about death ultimately be destroyed by the seed of this woman. Today I'm going to teach what is undoubtedly my favorite topic in scriptures, the study of Israel and why Israel matters. And I call this teaching unlocking the prophetic mysteries of Israel. Sounds mysterious, doesn't it? But it's really not so mysterious. The Bible is filled with prophecies concerning Israel, both the land and the people of Israel. And we're going to seek to understand the role of Israel in end time prophecy together today. So the first question that I want to ask and answer is why does Israel matter? And again, when I talk about Israel, I'm talking about both the land, that little sliver of land we call the state of Israel that was restored in 1948. It's about the size of New Jersey. And isn't it interesting that that little sliver of land with, a, with a, such a small population, around 8 million people, is the center of world attention? Did you ever think about that? Look at other countries that are much larger than that. I just came from my, Nigeria. Almost 190 million people. Well, Nigeria isn't in the news every day, a country that's 20 times larger than Israel. Why is that little sliver of land the center of world attention? There's a reason. More significantly, the people of Israel are in prophecy over and over and over again. Now, what is the difference between the state of Israel and the nation of Israel? When we look at Scripture, when we look at Bible prophecy, when we look particularly at the New Testament and it talks about Israel, it more often is referring to the people of Israel than the land of Israel. So the nation of Israel are the Jewish people scattered throughout the world, but now a proportion return back to their land. And Bible prophecy covers both the land of Israel being restored and the people of Israel being restored. Now, why does Israel, both the land and the people of Israel, matter? Why should it be important? to those that are watching this program today, for those that are listening to this teaching? Well, three reasons. Let me give you three reasons. First of all, Israel, both the land and the people, are foundational to understanding Bible prophecy. If you want to be a student of prophecy, you can't exclude the people of Israel, the nation of Israel the land of Israel, because repeatedly in almost every prophet, I think with the exception of Jonah, there are prophecies about bringing the people of Israel back to their land and restoring them back to their God. So reason number one, prophecy is filled with Israel and the Jewish people. Filled. Second reason is Israel is foundational to understanding the end times or the last days. When we look at scriptures concerning the end of days, Israel is not just a topic, it's at the very center. And that makes Israel important. 
That makes the Jewish people important. Jesus is returning. Yeshua is returning not to Rome, not to New York. He's returning to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And that makes this an important topic. And then third, the Jewish people, I believe, are foundational for understanding God's redemptive plan for the whole world. And I want to make it very, very clear to everyone that's watching this. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We believe that here at Jewish Voice. That is central to my theology. But I also believe that the gospel is to the Jew first, and I believe that Yeshua's earthly ministry was to his own people first for a purpose, for a reason. God's redemptive plan for mankind and the world is connected to Israel and the Jewish people. And I hope that makes this study important to all of us when we understand those through three things. Bible prophecy is focused on Israel. End time and last days prophecy is Israel central to end time and last days prophecy. And then third, Israel and the Jewish people are central to a plan that God has ordained for the redemption of mankind. Now I'm going to show you in detail how this works. We're going to look at seven keys. Now I, I actually have nine or ten, but I decided to make it seven, right? Seven, a good solid number of completion. Seven keys that are going to help you to understand how Israel, both the land and the people, fit into end-time prophecy and God's plan for the world. So we'll take it step by step, key by key. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. Key one, what I call the seed promise, the seed promise. And if you have a Bible with you, and if you're watching at home, it'll come up on the screen for you, we're going to look at one scripture. And I believe this is a foundational scripture that actually lines up the rest of the Bible and makes it clear when you understand this. And it's Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. I will put enmity, or division, between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. That's it. That's the, that's the whole verse. Now, I'm sure that many of you have seen this verse before. Maybe you've heard some teaching on this verse. I am not going to expound the verse uh, word by word, but I'm going to lay the context for this promise because this is a huge promise that really lines up God's plan for mankind and for eternity. That's how big this verse actually is. So we all know the story. God creates the world. It's good creates the world in six days, he rests on the seventh, and his great final creation is man, Adam, which means man in Hebrew. This is his great creation, and then man is lonely, so from his rib he creates Eve, 
and mankind, represented by Adam and Eve, are delegated the authority over God's creation. I call this the principle of creation and delegation. God has created the world, but he has turned over authority to rule the world to mankind in Adam and Eve. One command, do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat from everything else. Everything else is good for you. Everything else is food for you. Take dominion. Take authority. One thing that they're not to do, and God establishes in this one negative commandment, you shall not. Free will, right? A necessary, if you will, ultimate evil. Don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they're beguiled. We all know the story. And they fell. And when they fell, mankind radically changed. Not just mankind, but the earth, God's creation, radically changed. I don't think that we will understand how significant, how radical the transition that took place after the fall was until it's completely restored in the millennial reign. Jewish people were designed to be in relationship with God and be a blessing to the world because that is what God decreed in His Word. Here at Jewish Voice, we are dedicated to proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah to the Jew first and also to the nations. We also provide life-saving medical help to some of the most impoverished Jewish people in the world. That's why your gift is crucial. For your gift of $40 or more, we'll send you this collector set of three important new resources by Rabbi Jonathan Burness. In Jonathan's new book, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, you'll discover the seven keys to understanding Israel's past, present, and future role in God's plan, and your vital role in bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The companion study guide helps you dig even deeper with guided questions and personal reflection. And this seven DVD set with bonus material not in the book. We'll also add our Jewish Voice Today magazine with timely insights into Israel and the Jewish roots of your Christian faith. Or when you bless the Jewish people with a new monthly partnership of $25 or more, we'll send you all of these resources. And Rabbi Burnus will personally hand endorse and sign his new book just for you. Call now to receive all of these gifts with your new monthly partnership of $25 or more. Or for these gifts, specify offer 1966 when giving a one-time gift of $40 or more. You can also go to our website, jewishvoice.tv, with your gift of support, or send it to us at Jewish Voice Post Office Box 6, Phoenix, Arizona 85001. Call, click, or write to us today. We're going to know that, just how tragic the fall of man really was, how radical things changed. Weeds and thorns and thistles and unpleasant insects and suffering and death all came into the world. Why? Because God said, in the day that you eat, you shall surely die. And that death was on several levels. That was not just the reality that they physically began to die when they disobeyed God. When they fell in the garden, 
they physically began to die. And understand that then they had been created to be eternal beings in bodily form. Did you ever think about that? Not only physical death, but spiritual death. There was perfect fellowship in the garden until the fall. What happened after the fall? They hid from God. Not only did they hide from God, but it said that they hid from the voice of the Lord. Are you familiar with that? They hid from the voice of the Lord walking in the garden. What in the world is the voice of God walking in the garden? Have you ever thought about that? The Word of God was walking in the garden. I think this was the pre-incarnate Messiah, the pre-incarnate Jesus, Yeshua, walking in the garden, and they hid from him. Why? Because they were now out of fellowship with God because spiritual death came into the world. And then there's the third thing that m many don't think about. They covered themselves because they were aware of their nakedness. They covered themselves with fig leaves, right? And it wasn't acceptable. What did God do? He covered them with the fur of an animal, another death that was required, the death of an animal. Why? Because Leviticus 17.11 says, The life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you to make atonement. The life of the flesh is required for atonement. And so in the day of sin came the death of an animal, the atoning death to cover mankind. And so death in three forms, physical death, spiritual death, and atoning death, all take place as a result of the fall of man. And, and God in Genesis 3 is judging the serpent. And he's judging Adam and Eve. And he's saying to Adam and Eve, to Adam, first of all, you will now work, and work will be hard. And now God has blocked the way of paradise. And Genesis 3.15 is the judgment of God Almighty over the serpent, which we know is Satan, the evil one. And that judgment is also the promise of redemption here. I will put enmity now, division, between you and the woman that colluded together to bring sin and disobedience and evil into the world. And between your seed and hers, this will be a long-term division that will ultimately bring about, look at it closely, the crushing of your head. He will crush your head, but you will only bruise his heel. You have the gospel, the good news, the promise of redemption that the day will come when the serpent who has brought about death will ultimately die himself, will ultimately be destroyed himself. This is a death sentence, an eternal death sentence that is decreed by the judge of judges over Satan himself. Your head will ultimately be destroyed by the seed of this woman that you deceived into sin and disobedience. This lays the foundation for a plan that God had prepared before he ever created the world.
knowing that in his offer of free will would, would ultimately result in the violation of that free will and the separation of a man that he created for fellowship with him and the pursuit of the restoration of that fellowship at a later time in history. In Genesis chapter 4 verse 1, we read that Adam and Eve conceived and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. He doesn't redeem them as the promise of Genesis 3.15 tells us would one day happen. But this seed, this offspring now, Cain, murders his brother Abel, horrific, and wanders the earth from that point on, and so do his descendants. Tragic, tragic transformation that brings into the world murder and evil and so many other horrific things that we look around and witness. That's the penalty of sin. That's the wage of sin. That's the result, the outcome of sin. Now, sadly, after Cain kills his brother Abel, we read on and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. In fact, it gets so bad by chapter 6, wickedness is so great that God is grieved. And you have what I believe is the saddest statement in the entire Bible. Look at, at chapter 6 with me that in verse 6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And this is the saddest statement. His heart was deeply troubled. I, I think other translations bring this out more clearly. His heart was grieved that man was evil all the time. And so the Lord says, I will wipe man from the face of the earth and the human race that I created, and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them." Whew. I don't know about you, but that, that brings up such deep emotion with me. The God of creation, the God of love and mercy and forgiveness, because He's the same God in the Old Testament as the New is grieved that he has created man because of their sin and evil and decides to wipe man off the face of the earth. Save one. Save one, Noah and his family. And so they survive in the great story of the flood and the ark that protects them. And you don't hear about the seed promise until six chapters later in Genesis chapter 12, which is the second key, I believe, to unlocking the prophetic mysteries of Israel, we have the Abrahamic blessing. Abram appears on the scene out of nowhere. And all we see in Genesis 12:1 is the Lord had said. At some point, God revealed himself to this man named Abram, a Gentile, a pagan, and by the way, we learn less about Abram and more about God here. Who God is. God makes demands. The first thing he says to Abram is, I want you to leave your father's household and go to a land that I will show you. 
If you want to know why Abram is such a great man of God and the central figure in the faith hall of fame in Hebrews 11, it's because he obeyed God and went to a land that God showed him progressively, waking up every day, imagine saying, Lord, which way today? This is God's plan for his life. This is God's destiny for his life. But Abraham has to obey that destiny. He has to fulfill that destiny. He has to make the choice to wake up in a given day and wait on God till he knows which direction to go. And God works with us the same way today, doesn't he? His desire for your life is to do great things. He's got a destiny for each one of us that is different than anyone else's destiny, but we have to say, he nay me. Here am I, Lord, use me. We have to be willing. God will not violate that free will. That's the way it's been from the beginning. And in response, God says, my desire for you is to make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. What a destiny. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And the most important statement here, the most important line, and I want you to, the verse, I want you to really pay attention to this. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman will bring about redemption and freedom and restoration back to paradise will restore all that which was lost, and now it's through the seed of Abraham that the world will be blessed. Jewish people were designed to be in relationship with God and be a blessing to the world because that is what God decreed in his word. It's, it's that simple. But there's a greater blessing that this scripture foretells, and that's the blessing God designed to bring through Abram's seed spiritually. It was the children of Abraham that were called to be a royal priesthood, a holy generation, the people that would bring the revelation of God to the world and the world to the Creator. It was the Jewish people as a priesthood that were in to intercede on behalf of the nations. They were to be the kindling that would light the log of the nations on fire for God. The one true God of creation who became the one true God of Israel. The one true God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, why is this so important for all of you? It's important because that's your heritage. That's your legacy. You have been grafted in to this reality, to this priesthood, to this calling as sons and daughters of Abraham. You are a son or daughter of Abraham. That makes you a royal priesthood. That makes you a holy generation. That makes you a called out one. Do you see that? That's your heritage. If you want to know your heritage, look to Abraham. You're the offspring of Abraham. But the design of God is that through Abram's offspring would come not just a nation that would begin with a physical descendancy that would be like the stars 
of heaven and the sands of the shore, but that that community, that, that, that nation would be added to with Gentiles that would come alongside and embrace the people and the God of Israel and become part of the commonwealth of Israel. Well, the ultimate fulfillment of the promise is that through Abraham's seed would come forth the seed of the woman. It's talking about the Messiah. It's talking about Jesus being the son of Abraham. He was the seed of the woman, born of a virgin. The one who would crush the head of the serpent. Amen. Amen. The seed promise. You can understand now why Satan hates the Jewish people so much, right? It's simple logic. If you read books on anti-Semitism, most scholars will tell you that anti-Semitism is an illogical, irrational hatred of Jewish people. That horror, beasts like Adolf Hitler and Haman and Herod and Pharaoh were just illogical haters of the Jewish people. There was nothing illogical about their thinking. Adolf Hitler and his horde of evildoers were very logical and very systematic. They understood that by ridding the world of the Jewish people, they were undercutting the very foundation of the word of God and God himself. Destroy the Jewish people, destroy the seed promise. Because Genesis 3.15 requires two comings. It's not just Messiah coming and dying for our sins, but it's him coming back in power and authority and destroying the enemies of God. And the Jewish people play an equally important role in the return as they did in his first coming. And that's why Satan has worked so hard to destroy the Jewish people. The Abrahamic blessing is the seed promise that must return again to defeat the enemy and establish the millennial reign of God. Here at Jewish Voice, we are dedicated to proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah to the Jew first and also to the nations. We also provide life-saving medical help to some of the most impoverished Jewish people in the world. That's why your gift is crucial. For your gift of $40 or more, we'll send you this collector set of three important new resources by Rabbi Jonathan Burnus. In Jonathan's new book, Unlocking the Prophetic Mysteries of Israel, you'll discover the seven keys to understanding Israel's past, present, and future role in God's plan and your vital role in bringing the kingdom of God to earth. The companion study guide helps you dig even deeper with guided questions and personal reflection. And this seven DVD set with bonus material not in the book. We'll also add our Jewish Voice Today magazine with timely insights into Israel and the Jewish roots of your Christian faith. Or when you bless the Jewish people with a new monthly partnership of $25 or more, we'll send you all of these resources. And Rabbi Bernus will personally hand endorse and sign his new book just for you. 
Call now to receive all of these gifts with your new monthly partnership of $25 or more. Or, for these gifts, specify offer $19.66 when giving a one-time gift of $40 or more. You can also go to our website, jewishvoice.tv, with your gift of support, or send it to us at Jewish Voice Post Office Box 6, Phoenix, Arizona, 85001. Call, click, or write to us today. Next time on Jewish Voice with Jonathan Bernis. We're talking about the prophetic mysteries of Israel, keys that actually unlock understanding to the last days. That's next time on Jewish Voice with Jonathan Bernis.